Okay, dokey. Hi, affirmative. <laughs> this is a song called Robot Girl. My favorite Ooh. kind. This is Professor, and I'm not David Lynch Feather. This is RoboGadfly. I am Dr. Head. (laughs) And you are listening to everybody today's therapy session we're going to talk a little bit about our favorite man or should i say people in the machine stories or machines and human stories either way we go both ways with this episode <clears throat> um in fact we can blur the line if we want anything goes your favorite comic your favorite story uh, books uh, movies animation whatever you want to bring up that's our topic today, the man and machine, and I'll go ahead and I'll kick it off, and I'm going to bring up my favorite. I have lots, and there's there's a topic that goes back decades. Uh, my favorite is the 1987 sci-fi action film RoboCop. Um, I, I, I'm sure everybody here has seen it, who's listening, um, and for me... Uh, the reason it's one of my favorite is it's a story. I think that easily, if if, if, if given to another director, um, w- would have just ended up another blip on the '80s cinematic landscape. Another, you know, oh, here's a an action film with uh, explosions and chase scenes and blah blah blah, and it just would have, you know, fallen into you know your standard Chuck Norris, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme fare. Um, but given over to Paul Verhoeven, a, a just a, in my opinion, a crazy Dutch director who kind of obsessed with um, spirituality and American culture. He, he infused this concept uh, with a whole bunch of different levels that I think the end product kind of super, kind of overcame its um, initial script limitations. A lot of people passed on this film in Hollywood. Nobody wanted to do it. And when it finally when it finally landed at uh, Orion Pictures, they're like, "Yeah, sure, why not? Let's go for it." Because I mean, everybody saw the title RoboCop, and they're like, "Oh God!" Um, but when you see it, you know, there's so much going on in this film. It's a satire of the Reagan era. It's a satire on just kind of American culture and obsession with guns. But in this film, I think is a and it could have easily been written out, could have easily been dropped out was a a a wonderful nod towards that man in the machine for those of you who haven't seen it uh alex j murphy a police officer who worked in a a pretty safe police precinct gets sent to a rather uh 
violent uh, neighborhood in a, in a precinct where crime is um, pretty rampant. There's a large corporation, Omni Consumer Products, who has entered into a contract to run the Detroit Police Department. And they've got a program where they're putting cops in harm's way to, to get somebody killed so that they can create this fusion of man and machine. And uh, Alex J. Murphy, played by the awesome Peter Weller, who is also in one of my other favorite 80s movies, uh, Buckaroo Banzai Across the Eighth Dimension, um, is cast as as the cop who gets turned into a machine. And and throughout the movie, you know, in, in all the violence and the humor, we see this thread where he the, the 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 soul of the man starts coming back through into the machine um and the, i'm not gonna for those of you who the few that may have not have seen i don't want to ruin it for you <laughs> i can't i can't imagine in this day and age but you know it, it's the the way the movie ends is it was one of those films for me that's like up there with planet of the apes the way that that movie ended the, this movie ends and it was so satisfying but it's just so typical of that, you know, the the humanity in the machine and, you know, what wins, you know, and then, of course, you know, humanity coming through, uh, which is one of the reasons why I love that film so much, because you could see that this movie was so much more than just this basic cop action film. So anybody want to chime in on that? Oh, that's a great movie. The um, uh, who did the design for the robo? Cop? Rob Bottin. Yeah. Um the uh yeah i thought they were great and then there's just these little performances by ronnie cox um kurtwood smith as clarence boddicker um and then uh, yeah. miguel ferrer uh who plays this oh. marmy slimy executive you know that really is the guy who gets what uh, peter weller's character uh, alex murphy killed officer murphy <laughs> yeah, but miguel's a good actor oh, he's, oh yeah oh, he's great yeah the um and they were also saying that who was considered was uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Rutger Hauer, yep. and Michael Ironside mm-hmm. before Peter Weller. Which I think is really funny. Rutger Hauer would have been good. Oh, it'd been great. well, it was interesting because Rutger Hauer did a lot of movies with yes. Paul Verhoeven. He, yeah. I think he did six movies previous to this, and they had a falling out. Um, so one has to wonder, you know, would if he had been hand, you know, given the script and he was still, you know, buddies with um, in the Rutger loop. Hauer. Yeah, yeah, would would he have? been cast that explains hobo with a shotgun yeah. <laughs> oh yeah because <laughs> well, howard Good you one. know he played the great character in blade runner so he has yeah. that experience of that if that's what we're talking about the yeah. humanity yeah. in the machine sure. yeah. together that is another example of these replicants that's exactly the humanity of of them seeking out the question that we all seek out of our creator you know like who why'd you make us what's our purpose and why can't we live longer you know why can't yeah. you give us more and it's a very uh it's a sympathetic performance i mean you really have empathy and and feelings for these because uh, they're just they're looked at as just this murderous kind of thing. And when you really realize, wow, they're, they're just, I'll use the term, just like us. Um, <laughs> and that's where you get the blurring of, of the mechanical and the human. Yeah, well, Effective. for me in, in RoboCop, you know, the movie plays out pretty much like your standard, you know, American action fair. The minute they end up in the, the warehouse after they send the SWAT team in to assassinate RoboCop, and he sits there and he tells her, you know, you're not going to like what you're going to see. And he pulls the helmet off and you get that reveal of that awesome makeup job. And you're like, oh, my God. It's like 
you see the face grafted onto that metal skull and you're just looking at it. And then that's when the, you know, and you notice that he doesn't have the robotic, you know, kind of effect to his voice anymore. And then you start seeing the man come through. And that's when, for me, the movie kind of just does a left turn right into new territory, um, which I think was just so, I think, so well done. And I think it, it elevates this movie to just your standard action fare. And I just remember that seeing that in the theater for the first time, it was just, you know, not only great makeup, but it's just the performance just blew me away for that. When a lot of it that where the story is delivered in the media, you know, as well, oh, yeah. he's really good at like creating those kind of media. Uh, I don't know. They're not even parodies. They're just kind of like, um, yeah, I don't know what you would call them. Um, it's just a way that caricature? he's telling the story. It's a, it's, it's not even a caricature because it's, it's a too mirror. real. Yeah, it's a mirror. You know, it's really like, and it's almost prescient because it's like a, it's how things really started to become. Um, and he did that in th- three of his movies. He did that in this one in Total Recall, um, and mm-hmm. then in uh, there's a lot of that in uh, Starship Troopers. Yeah, as well. Yeah. It's a sell. It's a satire in a way. It's like high satire. Yeah. It's so reflective and, and close to what it hits a nerve. Through the through right. through almost a satirical approach, yeah. And then don't forget that uh, Paul Verhoeven gave us jazz hands, right? Uh, in uh, oh. what was what was that movie with the the dancing girls? Oh, showgirls! Yeah, showgirls. Show <laughs> oh, I forgot oh. about Elizabeth that. Berkeley's shining moment. Wow! Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's too bad it wasn't Tiffany Amber Thiessen. I would have, you know, in relation it. to Busby. Busby Berkeley of the three uh, Robocop movies Blue Feds which which do you like the best oh you you really you're gonna go down you're gonna (laughs) you did that on purpose didn't you hey there's four there's four I think the first one's great what I love about the second one is the body count I mean it's just so obscene (laughs) and that became part of the lore of the movie like it's the highest body count of any movie and then I I did yeah, I think it's kind of fun. I'm not sure if it's been topped by like Shoot 'em Up or, or any of the, the <laughs> John Wick's pretty any close. John Wick movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was gonna say you that know, that could come up there. Yeah. But that's 25 years after the fact, you know, and and here I thought it was just so obscenely over the top, uh, you know, and gratuitous. And by the time you do a third movie of anything, you know, most of the time we're like, oh, okay, we got the formula down. But yeah. um, you know, it just yeah. isn't the power is. Uh, it's just not the same. Yeah. I, I, I to, to answer your question, um, and I will not pull the soapbox out because uh, our podcast listeners don't want to hear want to hear that. Uh, but I hated RoboCop two with a passion. Um, I my and I think the main problem I had, without getting into too much detail, is they didn't extend the story from the first movie. Now, one could argue that RoboCop starts and ends and there's really, do we really need to see any more? I, I think that could have been fine, just that it's it's kind of perfectly self-contained. Um, but RoboCop 2 didn't do anything to give us an extension on the man and the machine story mm-hmm. idea. It was right. just this convoluted mess. Um, I, yeah. I don't know if it's studio interference. I don't know if Frank Miller was just not on his game. I, I don't know. It just... The movie, oh, it's just the worst. And I've said I would rather watch a twenty-four hour science, a twenty-four hour marathon of RoboCop three, than watch RoboCop two again. And RoboCop three is not a good movie. Um, 
there are things about it I like because it does attempt to extend um, the man in the machine idea, but it's it's just not well done. And Fred Decker who directed it, who did the 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 wonderfully uh, just kind of cheeky uh, monster squad, which I I, I kind of like that. Um, he's even said that he he just he dropped the ball on that movie and it kind of killed his directing career for, <laughs> for a couple of decades. Um, so yeah, the one the first I, it, so for me in order it's one three and that's it because I I will not watch two again because the movie just infuriates the hell out of me. What about the new one? Well, the sequels usually come up because you know in, in popular culture, like if it's something works, then we're going to make a sequel really quick because we want to. St- we want to get in there while it's still fresh and exciting and going to make some money. So that's, it might be why it kind of got rushed if it got oh, rushed yeah. in production that, because, that, yeah. you know, we don't need to worry about people like this and let's just pump up the violence. So the the people, the creators themselves have kind of missed the point that you're bringing up is what, what resonates for you is the idea of this humanity coming through. And it just turns into like a splatter fest, you know, it's just a trite, character the tropes are all there and it's more violence but you don't care you know and it's yeah. just not well done it doesn't have there there's nothing to ground that that the the reason for that violence none of the characters they're just everything is just a, a it's just kind of a gross caricature it just doesn't work and yeah yeah and the problem is robocop was really popular with kids which blame the the studio for doing a cartoon in the late 80s that that did and i'll i'll admit had i been a kid growing up in the 80s you know coming in you know eight nine ten i would have loved robocop because i was a big fan of anything robotic and robocop i would have been like chomping i i would have been the kid waited to mom and dad went to bed and then snuck out at 2 a.m and watched robocop on showtime that that would have been me um because that's how much i loved that i loved robots but the minute they started shopping it out to kids, I think it just the the message of the character, the direction just started getting fumbled and and, and hey, we gotta make a buck, right? So ah. moving on. Wants to take this into another direction, away from killer cyborgs. We're into killer cyborgs. Right? I was gonna say, but there's a whole slew of killer cyborgs out there. <laughs> <laughs> Well, go ahead, Tar. Oh, I said there's a whole slew. I couldn't think of one of them. Well, oh, you spoke. Terminator. You, well, <laughs> you spoke. Now you got to talk. Well, well, you have Terminator. You know, that's kind of goes into that motif, man, machine. At least in the other later Terminators, I didn't see very many of them. Well, let's, I think I saw the first two. <laughs> yeah, let's just stop after the second one because the that that property became an absolute mess after that oh yeah they got boring yeah yeah but you brought but, up a good but brought up a good but point it, it about did that. it did give us a robo vampire <laughs> <laughs> yes it did. and for you and for those of you who have not seen robo vampire don't wow. see robo vampire <laughs> yeah it's 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 awful. like i don't think I'm, it's chinese i think it's like i don't know thai it, whatever yeah it kind of mixes hopping vampires and <laughs> what passes as a uh, cyborg. Yeah. The cyborg suit is, uh, I can't even begin to describe his suit, but <laughs> yeah, it was, it's pretty uh, enlightening. 
I guess. That's where I think there were, there was too much humanity in that movie. <laughs> like, just, that's just it's just crazy. Anyway, yeah. oh the humanity, <laughs> or the lack of I don't know. It's just it was pretty bad. Got to get that out there. The concept way. you had mentioned about the what made Robocop really special for you. Fez was that when you saw the elements of humanity breaking through and that's what began causing a catharsis or change in the character you know to becoming this more complex he was no longer under the just the control but all these memories are flooding back in and kind of turn him back into this human being uh and, and but it causes a conflict and it causes like this short circuiting and goes against what the intentions of this character are supposed to be in a way um i that that theme also plays out in the terror of Mechagodzilla. With, yeah, I know, laugh, laugh, but there's the, the one of the female characters, Katsura, the scientist's daughter. You find out in the movie, spoiler alert, that she's she's like part cyborg, and and so oh, you the, get to see boobs in that one too. Yeah, fake, fake robot fake, boobs. Fake boobies right, with fake the nipples. Yeah, it's the only Godzilla movie you ever see that. <laughs> You see plenty of monster nipples, just not people nipples. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, Cyclosaurus, no! Um, Kaiju camel toe, too. So. Yeah. Oh, but so that, but it's when she, she's trying to obey the programming that she's been given, and it's when those her human feelings come through, it kind of short circuits Ooh. those, overrides those those feelings, and then she you know she's able to help. Didn't Jack she have like a clockwork? inside didn't have yeah, to call it. exactly that's the machine awesome. in the, that's the machine in the in the human or the the woman this time woman right, right. roman oh, oh speaking of roman man, monster, yeah. is, does he is, is he a cyborg is robot monster a cyborg no he's a crime against humanity that's what he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. or a cry for help so <laughs> is he i i don't know what the hell he is he's like uh He's an, He's an alien. I'm against romanity, right? He's an alien <laughs> with a helmet. Oh, the romanity. Yeah. Uh, and there yeah. are more of them, though. That's why I thought was weird. Or at least yeah, where do you, where do you, is there a distinction or a blur? Like, because it's fairly easy to go into like the robot or the the complete like cyborg sphere oh, well, without without the human emotions. But some of how them about display the those human types of emotions. Yeah, there you go. Right there's one. That, that's a 50s cyborg right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Kind of a cheesy. Except why would you build him with death rays? I, I never got that. But Why wouldn't you? Well, I, you <laughs> if you might. have the ability. Well, I mean, my God, it? if you build a death ray, of course you're going to put well, one on. I, I had these plans <laughs> laying around. I'll add death rays. <laughs> well, I had to hook it into something. I mean, my God. Could solve the world's problems in about two weeks. <laughs> I always liked in that movie oh, when he is on and off switch. It had that big clunking sound. <laughs> and they turned him on and off. Well, I think you need that. You need that satisfying. He is definitely off. <laughs> you want to hear that. You need to feel that. Billy. Billy, don't, don't be, be a hero. Yes. <laughs> oh. What about the, the concept of this literal person in in a literal machine uh, like going into some of the anime like the mecha anime where you have people sitting inside the robots or or like in the more popular american films like pacific rim 
do you consider that as like a literal man in a machine? Because I mean, that's really kind of what well, they're yeah, doing. It's, it's about the concept of man connected to a machine. Yes. Man, yeah. Can, yeah. Use that neural that connection thing. there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, that's all right. <laughs> we all agreed on something. Too. All right. Hey. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a, we have a winner. Right. Next episode. <laughs> so with Donovan's brain, how would that fit in there? Would that work? With a melon baller, yes. <laughs> and 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 whole wheat crackers. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Let's scrape this part out and see what happens. <laughs> Igor, write that down. Yes, Miles. And I'd like to put little umbrellas on them too. <laughs> there we go. We have the bionic man and woman. Yeah, six million dollars. Oh, man. classic, classic, yeah, classic. Oh. Um, um, just middle American path cyborg. Cyborg. Yeah, integration yeah. Of, yes. of machinery. Yes. You know, and at the time, six million dollars was a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's yeah. why in today's budget that would be. Oh. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, this is a concept that goes to the, to the early days of science fiction. This whole concept of fusing man and machine. Um, so, if you really think about it, those two, probably since they run, don't they run real fast, both of them? Yeah, I'm sure. assuming that like their whole lower half's gone, right? <laughs> I don't know. It's pretty just... much. Well, and, I mean, and pretty it, much. And it's pretty kind of cruel that they hang out with each other all the time. So, it's... well, like <laughs> hangs out with like. You know? That's true. Do you, Do you think this concept of the like the, chassis, like the man and, and the machine? Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Nothing. I was just thinking, you know, how we we talked about horror in the 1930s and 40s. There was all these movies about putting people's brains or minds into the bodies of gorillas, you know, <laughs> turning the turning the human into the monstrous. Is this just like a more because the 50s came around with robots and technology? Is this the kind of this just continuing that same idea? Like now we're taking a consciousness and putting it into an even bigger monster or stronger gorilla? Sure. Yeah, I could I could see this as an easy creature with the atom brain. <laughs> creature yeah. with the atom brain. Remember that? Yeah. The atomic. <laughs> they track them with uh, Geiger counters through the city. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tar and yeah. feather psycho cinema episode of. We didn't do creatures of atomic. Which one? No. Well, thanks, Tar. <laughs> now you've done it. I, I see, like even in the alien, the brain that wouldn't die. There you go. Oh, right. Yes. Oh yes. It tried. It just I couldn't do it that. very well. It couldn't. <laughs> yeah, that was yeah. a. That's a classic. That's a first time I ever saw that. I saw the uncut version, so you got to sign slide up and down the wall. Oh, I thought you mean meant the head was still attached. <laughs> Ooh, what happened? Go? I don't think so. Yeah. I'm still here. I'm here. Um, yeah. Anyway. If Raina wouldn't die, uh, and, and even the, not quite as the head human is like the 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 alien franchise. You know, Ash uh, and uh, you know Bishop having for all intents and purposes human qualities and but then we know they're not i mean is that pushing it too far the whole 
that's not really is it, we're getting too far from the concept there i i think he yeah he's a, a pure robot you know yes artificial yeah. intelligence um, so a goddamn not, robot so so there you know that yeah. the the connection is not really there yeah okay so yeah. all like some other good examples i <laughs> i think we talked uh recently uh, i think the matrix was brought in uh into a conversation oh here's yes. a here's a concept where you know people are being plugged into this large net this large network uh this machine network and live their lives in a virtual environment and, and pacified yes right exactly the ghost in the shell uh the, the classic uh you know an anime there that's another good example that's a um, great example yeah, yeah i love that movie and so you know all of this and i and i you know one has to wonder the the this concept is is it you know just the human need to transcend what we are you know the, the stuff that makes us you know there's the quest for bettering ourselves which i think makes just you know this great fodder for science fiction horror you know that i think and i think that's why we see so much of it like you said the you know uh, the robot monster or anything mm -hmm. like that putting human brains and gorillas you know and then yeah. now it's human brains and giant computers um human brains and destructive police cops you know that's it's it's like endless you know endless fun i i'm gonna offer one here that we're talking about not the human brains and the monster but or the computer but the computerized semen and the woman Movie oh, Demon gonna, Seed. I Demon. knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Demon yes, Seed. Yeah. Demon oh. Seed. Uh, I mean, here's this, here's this machine, artificial intelligence that oh, impregnates yes. a woman, and uh, I'll pop has Robert Vaughn's voice. <laughs> this little baby, all covered in like you know, looks like like Tweaky from uh, a little from, from Golden Tweaky Rogers. <laughs> you know, Tweaky Tweaky. <laughs> and uh, oh, but it had that other robot thing. What was that yeah. other robot thing that tried the? Oh, you know, I'm talking about the look like a bunch of triangles and yeah, the wasn't it Proteus? Shapes that were that was some robot, robot that he controlled or built or whatever. Yeah, that was like the the like the the armature, the 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 limb <laughs> of the computer. Yeah, <laughs> it was just a weird movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was that that I saw that I think might have been Channel 50 as well. I watched that and I'm like, what the am I watching? <laughs> Mm -hmm. Oh, going on that about uh, Colossus, the Foreman project. Them interacting with the computer that decides it wants to that's, take over. That's, a, that's an interface that's all electronic, though. And oh, that's right. I mean, yeah, but yeah. But to come back to to Alien, really, there is an interface there because it is humans interfacing with right. some form of machine. You know yeah. that that's that's even though there's no connection between the two there's a, a relationship yeah and they were yeah. there's there's a uh, two artificial intelligence yeah. on board there's uh ash right and then mother mother yeah so oh that's right mother yes which is a weird thing to call you know this ai that's taking care of everything for them you know spelled with a u yeah <laughs> uh right and Here's a here's another one that I just kind of pulled out in the um, another Godzilla film. So hey, look at that! It's in the uh, 2000s, the Millennial series when they were building Godzilla or Mecha Godzilla. They used, uh, I think it's Kiryu is the name of the, the the Godzilla. What they call Mecha Godzilla. They actually used the bones oh, of yeah. the 
the original Godzilla, the one that was killed by the oxygen destroyer. And hmm. they used that as the skeletal, literal skeletal framework to put the machine over. But while the machine is supposed to be attacking and fighting the new Godzilla, it has these memories when the Godzilla screams and is hurt and it awakens all of the 54's memories like oh I'm really Godzilla why am I attacking this other version of myself and then it stops and shuts down so it has this kind of crisis and of a conscience um, and then just like becomes its own they can't control it after that so it's very very similar in that, in that respect as well. Yep, I'll buy that for a dollar <laughs> nice reference back <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Man in the machine, huh? I guess I. So any kind of inter, if you're interfacing with the machine, so would uh, the robot and um, Metropolis. Oh, Maria. Interface, yeah. I mean, well, she sure. was sent to seduce the 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 elite and all that, and you know. Yeah, one of the first examples of uh, Fembot. of the of, and and, <laughs> yeah. and of the divide, yeah, but of the divide, you know, a true yes. machine versus true human, right. right? But but copied from a human into a machine. So I would argue, yeah. yes, that 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 qualifies. And and she then used her sexuality; she was evil to to inflame these people to to you know do wrong you know to, to, to work you know, get the people to rise up you know for the you know i don't want to say the wrong reasons but you know cause this chaos but i i would say yeah maria and metropolis is one of our you know one of the early examples of that trope um that i had well done again and you look at the the design for the period of time it's it's almost classic at this point yeah we see that carried over in ex machina that, oh that yes. as well oh, oh, yeah. oh. Oh, that was yeah. That was that was a good movie. Yeah, I love Bru it. Bru yeah. There, there is a there is a brutality to that movie that is. It's like oh, on so many levels. I don't I don't know. Has anybody here seen Ex Machina? Yes. Oh yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and just you know you you think of the, just the fact that Cold. this guy creates these machines. They're women. That alone right there is like, well, what possessed you to make them women? I mean, that says a lot right there, you know, in, in this this tone. But then going forward and then you, you find out the other versions, it's like, oh, man, that is that that was yeah, that was so well done. Mm -hmm. and, and 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 a great example of that kind of genre, I, I thought it was like, yeah, good stuff. Mm -hmm. I'll mention two favorites. Uh, that that are for straddling that border of interface with between humans and machines uh, in that way then i would say westworld would mm. also be oh, yeah, yeah. an example <laughs> classic you know example of that interaction between you know people and machines in a very human like le at a level where they're not supposed to know that i mean you know they're machines but you can pretend and play like they're not you know Cosplay. yeah and <laughs> <laughs> this one i'm particularly proud to bring it up yeah. i'm gonna also gonna argue uh kiss meets the phantom of the park <laughs> with the robotic evil kiss that was designed to make the real kiss look bad and make the fans go away and take over the world with evil kiss rip 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 and destroy yeah. dr, dr. Head, head you, you took my choice <laughs> 
1978, <laughs> Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. Magnificent yes, Bastard. That's a great movie. <laughs> yeah. You're looking for someone, but it's not Kiss. <laughs> we got to do a podcast on that one. I oh, that yes. is a good movie. Yeah. Sweet wow. We gotta do so, uh, how about the, the Invisible Boy? The boy Never and his robot? Well, oh, with, yeah, the relationship between, the, yeah. Which is kind of weird, but hey. Oh, well, not weird. You know, and a think boy about and it. Robot. Robbie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we were getting into that. Like we that were getting to that age, you know. Yeah, yeah. Building my. What, what, what about what about you, uh, Midnight Gadfly? Are you there? I'm here. Yeah, I'm just listening because uh, most of the ones that I was thinking of have been brought up and discussed. So, I mean, okay. I guess the only thing I would add would be twenty uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Oh, you know, yeah. To, oh, to the nice. Blade Runner because it, it doesn't just repeat uh, some of the questions. It actually kind of goes takes it further. Um, and I, I would uh, argue that it might be a better movie than the original Blade Runner, which I know is blasphemy, but uh, <laughs> oh, no. I've not, I've not seen it. I, I, it's oh. on my list. I've not seen the remake or the the sequel. It's impeccable. I mean, I mean yeah, yeah. It, is. it is really yeah. good. Yeah. It looked amazing. Your episode because we we talked about it once before, but I think we could do a remix here uh, that would do it justice. Yeah. Both of them. Yeah, Mark Justice. Mark Justice. That's right. You're welcome. So, yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I was, I, you know, it's funny you should bring that up. I was going to ask you about that offline about uh, 24 and I, which, which you guys thought of that, because I, I know that it, I don't think it did as well as they had hoped in the theater, but I, I, I agree with you, Gadfly, that, that movie, it, it was, it was impeccable. And in many cases, I do enjoy that a little more than the first one. It's, it's just, it, it's almost, I would say brave in its approach to the, the, the source material because it seems like it's not afraid to go to, to, to step out of some comfort zones where you could just naturally fall into the genre. And it was, I, it just, it was so well executed. I, I was blown away at the theater and I got to say in 3d. Yeah. That, that movie was awesome. It was great. Oh, that sounds cool. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. I, I think it's just great because uh, it was you know done by Ridley Scott and uh, it's him like going, okay. I was a great filmmaker back then. Now I'm a master. You know, I mean, he literally mm-hmm. just, you know. Um, are you? Or wait, Villeneuve. No, oh, Villeneuve. He I produced don't... it. He produced it. But he got that Villeneuve yeah. guy. Yeah. To Dallas Villeneuve. Yeah, yeah. Did that. And yeah, he's the one that's doing the new Dune. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How about Dr. Goldfoot? <laughs> <laughs> the bikini machine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah. And Dr. Goldfoot and the girl bombs. Yeah. There you go. Let's absolutely roll that into the genre because it's Vincent Price and sure, why not? And and, 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 yeah. and, and two that I'm surprised we haven't talked about uh, a Tron where mm-hmm. we have a literal man in, in the machine yep. you know, where he gets zapped and turned into the program and hanging out with the other programs, which I think Tron is a magnificent movie, still highly entertaining, uh, although it's been cleaned up and looks a little too too neat and crisp uh, in the video version. I prefer the film stock where it's a little fuzzier and looks more earthy, but more that's filmic. great. Yes, yes. It's not so clean, clean and, and super high def, which I, I miss sometimes. And then uh, one, I, I know Blue Fest, this is one of your favorite films. I, I'm going to suggest The Black Hole at the very <laughs> end. Where we have, where we have, you know, the doctor being merged with, with the robotic 
and uh, being sent to the black hole. I think there is a literal man in the machine. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, boy. Yeah. Disney's the black hole. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh. Or 12 year old me. It kind of stunned me that first. I wasn't expecting to go down. What, the, did go any? Down the, did that anybody? That that's <laughs> that 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 movie. I I, I I still remember seeing that. A, a we went to see that movie. It was at the Southwick Theaters in Toledo, Ohio. The, the people that took us it was this elderly couple. We were friends with his their grandson. They took us to see it. We saw it, and I I'll never forget. House lights come up, and this guy kind of looks around and goes. I don't know what the hell we just watched. <laughs> and then he chuckled, but it's just like, wow. Yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. I, they, I think at that point though, they were trying to, trying to pitch something to end the film because they really didn't have an ending and they, yeah, kind of used the trope. So why not? Yeah. Anybody see the more recent sequel to Tron? Like, oh Yeah. I liked it. Oh, I thought I Tron like... Legacy was good. I yeah. really enjoyed that. Same here. Movie. Yeah, I thought they did a really good job. I'd, I'd like to see it again. My first reaction to it was it was really pretty, but it was kind of empty for me. It left me feeling a little empty. But I, I have to see it again because I loved the first one so much. That might have been it. I was my expectations were high, but um, it looked it looked amazing. Oh, I, I thought um, Jeff Bridges did a great job. Yeah, He's just real good. this kind of. Zen sort of like, oh man, you're crashing my, <laughs> you're crashing my in, Zen man. He doesn't want to do this. Machine. Yeah, the dude in the machine. He's back. <laughs> yep. And yeah, no, I I thought Tron like I I liked it. I thought Tron Legacy was well done. I really enjoyed it. I'm sorry they didn't expound on that. And and who could forget the computer that wore tennis shoes? <laughs> I can. Yeah. <laughs> <What was that? laughs> Just had to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just had to go there, didn't you? Yeah. Well, <laughs> one of Feather's movies. I don't want to. I don't want to miss. Um, shall we forget Luke Skywalker's robotic arm? We don't want to forget that. <laughs> so. That is true. That is very true. Right. Darth Vader. Darth Vader. I actually yeah. sat back and kind of nodded at that. Yeah. <laughs> to the part that you hated the movie, or yes, Luke Skywalker. No. Both. Yeah, yes, he's he's. Yeah. You know, even at that time, I was thinking about the to man both, one nod uh, connection. You know? <laughs> I'm not immune to to everything that's related to that stuff. Well, Feather, which ones are you thinking about? All right. Well, my I, you know, everybody's got hit most of them. Um, I'm gonna go a little off the board with one that everybody knows I like. This was uh, this comes from uh, 1989, and uh, it was kind of a, a groundbreaking film. Um, it was shot on 16 millimeter, and uh, the director's previous work was done on uh, eight millimeter. You know, just student film stuff but he graduated to 16 millimeter he obviously you know got that in his student filmery and uh, they made this movie in 1989 it's uh written directed produced um one of the shooters the cinematographers and edited 
by one person, uh, Shinya Tsukamoto. Yes. And the, the movie is Tetsuo the Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Now, Tetsuo is considered oh, cyberpunk. And for anybody that doesn't know much about it, this is one really messed up, but very funny movie. This is yeah. a satire. Um, and it is just brilliantly done. Everything was shot on 16 millimeter. The, the, the history behind how this was shot, they did it in Tsukamoto's, or, or in the, not in Tsukamoto's house, but in uh, Fujiwara, Kai Fujiwara, who was the other cinematographer. They, almost everything was shot in his apartment, in his house, you know? And, uh, by the end of the, the shoot, all of the crew had deserted the shoot, the production. And so all the actors were left to do production work to finish the, the wow. thing. Yeah. And this is a this is a man slash machine metamorphosis film. Um, but done in such a brilliant way. Uh, the what the main guy is this, he's a metal freak. And he has this hideout, which is full of rusted parts and photos of famous athletes. You know, um, anyway, and he, he cuts open his thigh, puts this big metal rod in. And the whole scene, when you see this, it's kind of in this very surreal set, um, very organic set, kind of H.R. Geiger in, you know, in certain ways, you know, um, but everything is done with automobile parts, whatever they could get a hold of. But the lighting, the cinematography is just real. It's black and it's white. Movies in black and white. Yeah. And another element then that in, comes into this film is uh, stop motion animation, um, which is done in just an absolutely brilliant way. And it's it's at one of the some of the funniest footage I've ever seen. And in the same time being very surreal. But anyway, this guy is this fish and he's. He um, later unwraps the wound, and it's rotting and covered with maggots. Um, so he goes into the street yelling and screaming. He comes up. Uh, see this? There's – okay. Kind of cut to this other guy who um, he's, he's kind of a daydreamer, but he's he's got these visions of metal and industrial machinery uh, going through his head. Oh, by the way, the music is by Chu Ishikawa, and this it, this is industrial music. This is super good, just driving music that's in, in this film. Uh, there's a lot about this film that is very frenetic, very energetic, extremely energetic, and uh, but woven with all of these different um, uh, storylines and subplots and ideas. Um, it just, it, the salaryman dreams of his girlfriend who, who dances with this hose-like phallus before sodomizing him with it. But then back in his apartment, he's horrified to see that his mental transformation is accelerating. And he, he anyway, his uh, penis turns <laughs> into a large metal a drill. And Decker again. So. Yes, and, and he loses control attacking the girl. This is all a statement. Uh, this is social statements going on here, not just visuals. The visuals are very disturbing and very well done and put together. And I, I can't emphasize the word frenetic frenetic seems to be the key word to this whole this whole uh, film or energetic is even a, a, probably a better yeah. word it doesn't anyway anyway th this movie is just fraught with 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 imagery and symbolism um and it is just a beautiful movie and it is it is genuinely funny the satire is extremely good i don't know um how many of you out there have seen it 
there, there's a sequel to it. Um, he's gone on to do a few others. He actually has two sequels to it. Um, one of them's body or is uh, Tetsuo uh, Body Hammer. That yeah. came out, I think, in 91 or something like that. So 92. And uh, Tetsuo the Bullet Man, which came out in 2009, which I've been in, in I haven't seen yet. So I can't say much about that it. That is uh, Josh Brolin in it. Yeah, I have seen Tetsuo Body Hammer, uh, but Bullet Man, I haven't had a chance to see. Um, but the, the first one is an independent film as a true independent film should be, you know, this is in the category of, of, you know, independent films like clerks, you know, where it's kind of groundbreaking um, in, in, in how it's done. This is just groundbreaking in a cyberpunk way. And uh, the, the transformations of the two guys and the battle at the end is just, it's just phenomenally cool. <laughs> so um, that, that's my pick right there. It's a good pick. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I remember seeing that, I must have been in grad school. So I, I remember you've, you know, we talked, I was talking about it. And then same thing with our, we our probably friends. made you watch it. We probably, probably <laughs> did watch it together. I remember just being blown away by it. Just like, it was just unlike anything I had seen, you know, at the time. And yeah, very uh, shocking. Some of the scenes are just yeah. brutal, you know, Yeah. But, but it all just fits together, you know, as, as, as a good story. And I think yeah. it should. And, and that, that film, I think in, really to use an academic term informed other other filmmakers in japan when they started doing the oh. more crazy kinds of stuff like machine was it machine guts or machine was it meatball girl you're, maybe it's yeah, you're going girl. into the 1990s he yeah he pretty much you know, was the was the was the spearhead to that whole uh, yeah. movement, body transformation you know, mechanical yeah, yeah. because he's international in tokyo yeah. gore yeah. police uh, yeah. yeah machine oh. gun girl or whatever so uh, comes out their butts yeah. So, Professor Feather, question: Do you? I I don't know if there is any relation, but do you think the uh, the director of Tetsuo was in was maybe inspired by RoboCop? Because when you think about the satire, the body modification, the frenetic pacing, the music, that yes. you know, I, I remember when I saw some of it, RoboCop was the first thing that kind of sprung to mind. Like, oh, you can kind of see uh, some not not a necessarily homage because I know the RoboCop character was insanely just, popular in Japan. Yeah, just but just taken to the to the next yeah, degree. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know? Oh yeah, and to a satirical degree. Right. Um, because some, what was it in there somewhere in there? Uh, Tar, maybe you remember something about the title saying this is not a big monster movie or something like that. Oh, it's yeah, it, whatever. Yeah, for regular size monster. Regular size monster something. <laughs> Uh, but the stop motion animation is just phenomenally good. Uh, but I, I really like the story behind it and, you know, about the, you know, it, it sounds really familiar, you know, to be on this mm -hmm. independent film shoot and people just start deserting you because they're going, what the hell is going yeah. on? <laughs> do, you, do, you, do you know if they were, if this director was influenced at all or was a fan of Cronenberg? Yes. Oh, no. Yeah, all, yeah. The, all of all his body horror. Yes. I've seen some his uh interviews and yeah oh yeah he nods to everybody the guy was you know the, he's just he's brilliant in his own right he's like uh you know he's like tarantino he's a font of information and has absorbed everything and then his work then is just he's a true director and you know creator um in in that respect because usually he writes his stuff usually but anyway um it's so it's his vision you know and he's extremely competent at doing his vision some of them fall a little flat flatter than others but that's you know that's you try um and even the flat ones aren't aren't they're worth seeing and and watching and enjoying you know? 
And he was in Shin Godzilla. He was. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Just thought I'd throw that in. Oh, anyway, yeah, he's, you know, uh, I, yeah. Shinya Tsukamoto. It's hard to remember his name. Shinya Tsukamoto. This pregnant pause was brought to you by. Uh, yeah, you guys want to watch me take a dump? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> after we <after> to shave. <laughs> Dr. Tar. This is Professor I am not a machine feather. This is the Midnight Gadfly. This is Dr. To Beat or Not To Beat Head. And this is Clarence Bonger. <laughs> and you are listening to Unseen. Where can you find us? Everywhere. Unsane Radio at gmail.com. That's Unsane Radio at gmail.com. You can see us on uh, Unsane Radio.com. Go and look at the pretty pictures. Um, you can find us all over that Facebooks and stuff, you know, social media. We, uh, Mark Justice, comma, writer, go there. Two fabulous, 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 fabulous. <laughs> you will not be disappointed if you buy these books and read them with gusto. You'll be less disappointed if you buy two copies. <laughs> <laughs> two fisted, Rita. <laughs> and instead of uh, in in memory of the show, instead of big freaks, we have wee freaks. <laughs> John Boise, wee freaks on Facebook. On Facebook, yeah. Um, Tarn Feather, Psycho Cinema, Psycho Cinema, Psycho Cinema, Psycho Cinema on FB Radio Insane at 